Hello, everybody. Whoa. Emily, I now know how you felt at fall retreat. <laughs> that was awkward. <laughs> I don't know how to respond, except you all may regret that. Um, no, anyway, so my name is Kim, in case you haven't officially met me yet. Uh, my hubby, James, and I are the SEMO Chi Alpha directors here, and I'm like hearing myself a lot. This is weird. I'm going to move. I don't like that. So it's all right. You'll still see me. It's fine. Um, yeah, anyway, so that's much better. Wow, okay. So if you're new here tonight, um, or even if you're not new here tonight, it's a good reminder to know that Simo Chi Alpha's theme verse comes from 1 Thessalonians 2.8. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Woo! Good job. It's a good thing to know. Um, anyway, so in a part of sharing life, I thought tonight I would share with you about one of the times that I uh, tried to invite somebody to Chi Alpha. Tried to, um, being the key word here. So it was my senior year of college, uh, like beginning of senior year. And, you know, I'm trying to like grow like as a Christian and a person. And I'm like, I should be inviting people to like know Jesus. So I'm going to invite them to Chi Alpha because that's like how I know Jesus, right? So in one of my creative writing classes, there was this girl that we'd had several classes together because like, I'm a senior and that was my major. And so I approached her before class and I was like, hey, like, would you like to come to Chi Alpha? I don't remember if it was that night or like the next day, but it was, you know, coming. And she just looked at me and she goes, no. <laughs> I'm like, okay, ouch. Um, but I'm also a little bold in case you don't know that and a little blunt. And so I'm like, why not? And <laughs> she was like, um, I saw you at the club Thursday night. like." your life is no different than mine. Why would I want another thing taking up my schedule that makes no difference? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> like, literally, like, that is what she said, okay? And, I mean, I, I still remember it years later because I literally had no response because she was right. Yeah. Um, so in case you didn't know, I did drink in college, and I did hit the clubs, and I was seen, you know? It happens. You're in public. So... <laughs> Have any of you guys ever felt like, just, wow, like, crap? Like, is my life even making a difference at all? Like, <laughs> like just, I don't know what that noise was, but thanks. Um, okay, great. Thank you, Russ. Um, <laughs> but, like, it sucks, right? Like, that, you know, and it maybe doesn't even have to be, like, alcohol or hitting the clubs, but maybe it's, like, a relationship that looks no different than the rest of the world. Or how you act around certain people that looks like everything else that the world shows us. Um, anybody? Is that just me? Me feeling awkward that I'm trying to grow as a Christian and feel like it's pointless? Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so if you've been hanging out with us this semester, you'll know that we're going through a journey of the Beatitudes and how Christ reveals his character through them. It shows us how to be more like him. And tonight, we're at Matthew 5, 8. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So first thing I want us to be aware of is the usage of the word heart. I literally could do an entire sermon, probably more, on just the heart. But for tonight, I just want you to remember that the heart includes, like, mind, will, thoughts, desires, and emotions. So this is a beatitude that, in my mind, not that it's, like, a favorite, but that 
I really like it because I think it should require us to just stop and think and really examine ourselves. So let's take a moment to get on the same page as what purity means. <laughs> and again, if you guys have been around me at all, you know that I like my words, and tonight is no exception. So we're going to look at what the Greek word for pure is, and it's kathros. It's a little bit easier to pronounce because it sounds like Catherine. <laughs> and it has a variety of usages, all of which have something to add to the meaning of this beatitude. Originally, it simply meant clean and could, for instance, be used of soiled clothes which have been washed clean. Pretty simple and basic, right? Um, I found out it's regularly used um, for corn which has been winnowed or sifted and cleansed of all chaff, you know, like the nasty stuff you don't want to eat, like that stringy stuff, so it's been cleansed of that. Um, it's also used in the same way uh, to describe an army that has been purged of all disconnected, cowardly, unwilling, and inefficient soldiers, which is left so leaving behind a force composed solely of first-class fighters. Okay, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> I'm like, dude, <laughs> Kathros that up, you know? Um, but so Kathros is not only just pure, it's actually meaning being made pure. It's a process. Purity is a process and a choice. So let's check out Luke, uh, chapter 6, verses 43 through 45. It says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Jesus reminds us that our speech and actions reveal true, our true underlying beliefs, attitudes, and motivations, our heart. The good impressions we try to make can't last if our hearts are deceptive. What is in our heart will come out in our speech and behavior, pure or unpure. Purity doesn't come from a list of do's and do nots. Purity comes from your heart. You may have never done drugs, but that doesn't mean you have a pure heart. You may not have ever had sex, but that doesn't mean you have a pure heart. You get what I'm saying? I've known a lot of very unpure virgins. <laughs> Purity is a heart condition. Purity is not a stuff you've done in the past, you've already asked Jesus to forgive you position. So side note, if you feel unpure in any area of your life, you need to know and remember that purity is a process and a choice for all of us each and every day. Jesus went on to say that only the pure in heart will see God. Like, I think that's pretty cool. Like, I don't want to talk about just the pure in heart part, but like, we will see God. I think that's cool. Um, it is one of the simple facts of life that we see only what we are able to see. And I'm not talking just like in the physical sense, like <laughs> I need contacts or glasses or I really can't see five feet in front of me. Um, I'm also talking about in other senses as well. So for example, uh, one night in high school, my best friend and I decided to sleep on my parents' rooftop uh, so we could see a meteor shower. And I knew exactly where to look because I know the constellations. I'm a little bit obsessed. 
Uh, like, I love stars, in case you didn't know. Um, my friend did not. <laughs> she was just there to hang out. She could see and recognize stars. Like, she can go outside and be like, oh, yes, star, so pretty. Um, <laughs> but she legit did not know a single constellation or even a cardinal direction, like north, south, east, west. Um, yeah, poor thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, she's going to kill me when she hears I talked about her. Um, but I, on the other hand, can look at the exact same sky right next to her and not only know the names of the constellations, but I knew which direction to look to have the best view of the meteor shower that was coming. I could even tell the time based on the stars, which is really fun, by the way. That's how much I like to be outside. <laughs> so I knew more, and thus, simply because I just knew I had more knowledge, I was equipped to see a bigger and fuller picture. She wasn't really able to see the constellations yet. Um, she hadn't studied them like I had. But just like me, she could learn. The same is true with purity. If we want to see God and recognize him and when he's moving, we have to learn more about him. My best friend still enjoyed the sky and still enjoyed our night out on the roof together, which, yes, we literally slept on an angled roof. It was terrible and awesome. Um, so while she still had a good time and it, like, oh, look, I'm a you know, shooting star, I was legit in tears of what I was seeing, of just the beauty of the sky. I saw way more than she did. Purity is a process and a choice. It's not an instant, all or nothing, pass or fail, succeed or doomed. Each and every day, we all get a choice on how pure we live. In order to know God more, we have to continually put into practice what we do know. Everything builds on itself, good or bad. Like my daughter learning math. When she was Lizzie's age, she didn't know her numbers, okay? A two-year-old does not know the difference between five and six, okay? However, she's now all excited because she knows that eight plus eight is 16, okay? Like, she's, like, super pumped, okay? It's super awesome. She's learning. She's been building on what she knows. Now, she knows nothing about square roots and exponentials and how to, you know, calculate an angle and a triangle, but she will. And she's actively learning. She's building on what she does know. And that's how we can start impurity as well. Now, when I became a Christian in high school, <laughs> it's a fun story, ask me sometime. Um, I didn't know a ton about Christianity, not really, um, but I did know that the Christians I saw in high school didn't cuss. So that's what I worked on first. And I, I used to cuss a lot, so it was like a really hard thing. <laughs> um, a friend of mine said this quote a few years ago, so I don't really know what it's originally from, but it said, the quote is, watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. And all that started with our thoughts. So I realized I had to adjust my thoughts if I wanted to adjust my words. Because I definitely was still cussing a lot in my head and then just trying to not let it come out of my mouth which does not work in the long term, especially when you like stub your toe or you get caught off guard. <laughs> Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. <laughs> so I knew I had to change and adjust my thoughts. A reminder how I told you earlier how heart also means thoughts. And a reminder how we just read in Luke that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, 
whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What we put into our minds determines what comes out in our words and actions. Paul tells us to program our minds with thoughts that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. If we have problems with impure thoughts, which will later become words, actions, etc., we must examine what we are putting into our minds through movies, TVs, apps on our phone, conversations, etc. I used to watch so many movies like that have cuss words in them and it was a trigger for me like it would instantly like infiltrate my thoughts. Um, I can't remember, I think this was before James and I were married. So this movie's kind of old, but there was a movie called District 9. It's really, it's a fun movie. I really like it, but wow, the F-bomb was said literally more than once per minute. Like, I actually looked it up, and it, it like, was ingrained in my mind then. Like, and so I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I dropped something. This is when I was on staff at Mizzou Chi Alpha, guys, okay? So this wasn't like I was just, like, 13 or something. <laughs> I was, like, 25. Um, so, like, I dropped something, and I almost said something not appropriate, like, <laughs> and Tom, the campus director, just looks at me and goes, really? <laughs> I was like, oh, gosh, where did that come from? And I realized, oh, man, I'd been putting that movie, among other things, like, that movie was in me, and I, like, that's what was coming out. It got in my heart and was coming out in my words. So that's, like, an example I'm trying to give you. We must replace harmful input with good input. Above all, we must read God's word and pray who has asked God to help us focus our mind on what is good and pure. It takes practice, but it can be done, and our purity grows as we are obedient and put into practice what God has asked us to do. Purity is a process and a choice. So my movie example, I'm not saying, like, all movies are terrible. Y'all know I go see a Marvel movie, like, as soon as it hits the theaters, okay? Like, I am there. <laughs> and... But I do look up other movies to see, like, okay, what am I getting myself into? Like, just because I know how my mind works, and I'm trying to, like, protect my mind, protect my heart, because I don't need another movie, like, that drops the F-bomb every minute. It's just not good for me. It's just not. <laughs> so it's okay to do some research. So how can we apply this to our lives? What can we take away from this? Luke 6, 43 through 45 also reveals how we can recognize the purity and heart condition of someone or ourselves based on the fruit we see in their lives. What is being produced? What has planted and come forth from their life and our life? What do you want planted in your life? What fruit do you want to produce? How much do you want to see God more? If purity comes when we, or blah, sorry. If purity comes when we want God more than we want sin, how can we grow in that? My classmate that I told you about that I invited to Chi Alpha, she saw the fruit in my life. There really wasn't any. Nothing that she wanted anyway. Second semester of my senior year, I realized I needed to stop drinking. Um, I could tell I was flirting with the line of potential addiction, and so I stopped completely. And my senior year, without a doubt, was the most growth I had experienced with God my entire college career, easily, in every way. Our purity determines how well we can see God. Psalm 119.9 says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. So first of all, I say this a lot. I don't care. I'll say it again. Read your Bible. 
It's necessary, important. I promise you, it is legit life-changing. And you may have messed up. Actually, I'm betting since you're more than a year old, you've messed up in life. Like, <laughs> it's okay, it happens. But here's the thing, if you recognize that you've messed up, put into practice that God has forgiven you and you are a new creation. Build on that foundation. It doesn't matter if you've slept around, did whatever drugs, plotted a murder, <laughs> uh, whatever, like, <laughs> just being real with you guys, my best friend and I were a little crazy. Um, <laughs> I have a dark side. Um, <laughs> the point being, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done ever. I don't care if you screwed up 20 minutes before you walked in that door. It doesn't matter. Like, if you ask God to forgive you, you need to know that you can be pure again. Boom. As soon as you just talk to God, it's done. Build on that foundation. Because purity is a process and a choice. Purity is given to us by Jesus, and we are made new in him. Yet it is a conscience choice to choose how we live and what we allow in our lives every day. The promise in this beatitude is that the pure heart will see God. I don't know about you, but I legit want to see more of God. He's always moving and doing things, but I also know that I don't always recognize when he's done something. I want to be able to recognize more. As people watch our lives and watch us pursue purity, they're going to ask questions. You know how I love questions. When I first became a Christian, the first thing I tried to work on was my mouth. And my friends totally noticed. <laughs> It opened a door for me to talk about how and why I was trying not to cuss anymore. Same happened when I stopped drinking in college and other areas of my life as well. When we grow in purity, we become more like Christ. When we become more like Christ, we recognize and see him more. And when we see him more, we can help others see and know him too. As I wrap up tonight, I'm gonna ask you guys just bow your heads and close your eyes. I talked about how when purity comes, purity comes when we want more God, when we want God more than sin, and how it's a, it's a process and a choice. Purifying ourselves is a twofold action, turning away from sin and turning toward God. You can make a clean break with your past and give yourself totally to God. Maybe you've never given your life to God. Maybe you've known him your whole life but couldn't believe he might actually want you. You need to know that he loves you and he does want you right now.